blah, blah, blah. Do talk, Emily. Like, I'm talking. I, sh- I always sing instead of talking, even though I'm supposed to talk. You talk, Brian. Hello. Okay, that's good. Thank you. I'm uh, going to talk really high. But- Hi, everyone. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> we'll try not to laugh too much because that's annoying. Right, I know. <laughs> Hi, Gary. Yeah. Thanks for... Well, writer Oscar Wilde said, laughter is not at all a bad beginning for a friendship. Well, I hope that's true for you and our friendship. Or maybe we just blew it and you're already annoyed. But hey, stick around for just five minutes. I think you'll really enjoy it and maybe even end up hooked. Welcome to the Hope Writers Podcast. If you're a writer and you want your writing to help people and give hope, well, we want to help you and give you hope. Maybe you're a beginner and you have questions about your next steps, or maybe you've been writing for a while, but you feel you need some clarity in why you write. Maybe you want help to live the life you're encouraging others to live without feeling like a phony. Or maybe you're an author who's been doing this for years, but you kind of long to see how other writers balance the business side of the writing life. Well, if that's you, this is the podcast for you. The Hope Writers Podcast is brought to you by Hope Writers. It's an online membership site for writers of hope, a whole community of writers who value encouragement, inspiration, and practical advice about the writing craft and business and calling. In other words, a community of writers just like you. More on that later. I'm Gary Moreland, and this is episode one of season one. Numero uno uno. Pretty special, huh? This episode, What I Wish I'd Known Before I Wrote a Book. You'll hear from all four founders of Hope Writers. Sisters Emily P. Freeman and Michael and Smith have both been writing online for nearly 10 years, and they've published a total of five books, several of them bestsellers. Brian Dixon is a tech video and marketing guru who's written two books and worked with Michael Hyatt and Dan Miller. And then there's me, Gary Moreland, Michael and Emily's dad, and I yucked it up on morning radio shows for about 30 years and recently signed my first book contract at age 64. You are going to feel so far ahead of the game when you get done with this. You're going to see your writing dreams more clearly than ever, and you're going to have hope. And you're going to have fun. So let's go. One thing I wish I had known before... I wrote my first book. I wish I had known that all writing is not created equal. And what I mean by that is, so I had been writing on a blog for, by the time I got my first book contract, I'd been writing on a blog for, I don't know, five, six, seven years. And I wrote a certain way. I gave myself a certain amount of time and I thought this is what it looks like. And then I got a book contract and I started writing a book. And the kids, you know, John would take the kids to the pool for an hour and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to work on my book. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to get so much work done. And they would leave and come back. And all I had done is like twirl my hair and chew a piece of gum and Google something meaningless. And then they'd walk back in and I'm like, why didn't I get any work done on my book? Yes. It's because all writing is not created equally. Whereas if they had left for an hour and I had worked on a blog post, I could have gotten, I mean, a big chunk of, if not the whole thing, of the blog post done, right? But the book, it just, because it's a bigger beast, it takes more time to get into it. And also it takes a lot of time to get out of it. What do you think the difference is? Well, I think part of it is the the length of a book is like giant compared to the length of like a little blog post or a little article. And it takes giant brain space (laughs) for me. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily for everyone, but that's one thing I wish I had known is that at first, I know it now, but I wish I had 
because what what happened was it caused me to feel like, oh my goodness, I can't do this, or I'm not cut out for this work. You'll never have a big enough stretch to be able to do everything. Or I just, I didn't realize I needed the big stretch for a while. I had a lot of stops and starts of writing time to realize finally, like, when I got a few stretches on accident, I was like, oh, this is, I need to actually plan for these longer stretches. Um, I compare it to like have, being a, a, a runway for a jet plane or like a helicopter pad, like a blog post. I can be, I can jump in the helicopter and you go up and you're flying and then you can land it quickly. Whereas with the book writing, it just, it's a bigger beast. And so it takes longer to get up in the air and then it takes a long time to sort of come down. Cause that's the other thing is sometimes I would get a, you know, a few hours of a stretch to write. And then immediately I wouldn't plan for any transition time. And then I would have to like be a person and make dinner and talk to my people. And I I felt like my head was in a bubble because I hadn't quite come down from it yet. Am I the only one? It's priceless information to be given permission to approach your work that way. Big work. Right. And to to plan for it. And here's another thing is I started, um, what I do is I look at the calendar. I sit down with John. I look at the calendar and schedule some writing days. And what I've learned is to schedule two in a row. Like, Okay, Tuesday and Thursday, or Tuesday and Wednesday, back to back. Mm -hmm. Because what inevitably happens is when I first sit down, I'll waste the first bit of time just actually getting into it. But then at the end of my first writing day, I will know where I'm going to pick up on the second writing day. And if it's not for another two weeks, I have to go through it again. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I'll schedule two days. Like two little days together is better almost than five days apart because I can get more momentum. Mm. That's excellent. It's a different relationship with what you're writing in a way, right? Like a blog post would be like a friendship, you know, when you come in and out. But like a book, it's big, it's deeper. It's like a love affair, you know, where you're more invested. Or a marriage. <laughs> a marriage How about? Involved. Well, I mean, I mean in love. I mean love. I don't what mean is like this a, love affair. Uh, forget the affair. Forget the word affair. Oh. It's, it's, it's a deeper relationship. Love versus friendship. Right. I think that's true. <laughs> what, do you, what do you wish you'd known before you wrote a book? I wish, and Emily, you taught me this, I wish I would have known how to ask for endorsements because I made an idiot fool of myself <laughs> not even knowing. There were a couple people I did not even know endorsed my book. Tell because, us what you did. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, so your publisher, mine was Zondervan, they were great. I'm a first-time author. You know, you're getting emails out the wazoo. Approve this. This is after you turn the book in. So you're turning it in. You know, you're going to get edits back. You don't really know what to expect. You're going to rewrite the whole book. But every day you get little questions. How about the back of the book? We need your uh, a photo of you, you know, taking the century. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it is. Century. What if the better picture was the last century, though? Well, it's go for bad. it. <laughs> so... One of the emails I got was any person that I thought we should ask for endorsement. And so I think I listed out, I don't even remember the email, but at some point they just went ahead and asked. They might've even said in the email, like, we'll ask for you. And I just thought that's normal protocol. Okay. Ask my friends that I know in real life (laughs) to do this favor for me. Huge, huge favor. Take time out of your busy business and week and like read my entire book in a format that's really difficult to read because it'll probably be on your computer and oh it's not totally edited yet so you know it's not 100% exactly what it looks like and there's no photos which is half of the content good luck with that um (laughs) so I just listed out some names and let them go and moved on and it wasn't until my book came out and I got a tweet 
I got two tweets. This is, it's so embarrassing. So my I'm so excited. My anyway. biggest yeah, apologies to tell us uh, Sherry from Young House Love <laughs> and Shauna Nyquist. Nyquist. I never know how to say your last name, Shauna. They both tweeted me like DM. They're like, "Hey, I see your books out, and I endorsed it. Could I get a copy of it?" Stop it. No. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew they had endorsed it a month earlier because I got my book. That's when I knew. And all the other people that endorsed it, I never asked them. Zondervan asked them. Like, I just didn't think. It just was just like another thing. This is what you're telling me to do. I should do it. So I had all, and then accidentally, Lisa Turker's endorsement got left out. I didn't even know she had endorsed it or that had been asked and, and hers got left out. So then I probably needed to apologize that she did this work <laughs> and it didn't even get included. Um, so then you had written a post and about how to ask for endorsements yeah. or it had talked about that. But it was too late for you. Right. Too it late. Was Way too, late. too late. And then John Sowers, who's another author was at our house and he talked about how he sent Shauna, same person that endorsed my book, like a side of beef or something, oh, wow. some animal a that he had shot. <laughs> he sent it to her for, to thank her for endorsing right. her book. She didn't even get a copy of your book. She had to ask yes. for a copy. So awful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and like beef is her lo- love language or right. deer, of you know, something oh. bison, something oh, priceless. Beef is my the love loving language. Well, she's animal. A I mean, she was she, even she, there. That was so meaningful to her. Yes. Yes. Even more valuable. <laughs> oh, if I, I almost <laughs> want to write another book. Beef. Just <laughs> ask endorsements yeah. the right <laughs> way. <laughs> I will send flowers. I will sing like singing oh. telegram yes. the oh. whole nine yards because to give an endorsement, it's not just. For people that do it right, they don't take it lightly. Like, right. They won't endorse everything. It's a big deal to endorse a book, to put your name. And I know when I endorse a book, this is also how I learn, because now people are asking me, you know, I want to read every word. I want to totally back up the person that has written the book and believe you take it really serious yeah because i want to tweet about it and put on instagram when their book comes out i want to celebrate with them so yes it's a big deal to me to endorse someone's book and now looking back i realize man i was asking i was letting my publisher ask a lot of my friends or people that i really admired i mean even worse people that weren't my friends i don't know which is worse (laughs) you know how it feels when you're asked yeah it's Mm -hmm. a big ask and some people do such a great job of asking i regret that I just, I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to share your tips, Emily? (laughs) Well, I have strong opinions about this, but here's one thing that, here's one thing I wish I had known that kind of goes along with endorsements is everyone's endorsement policy. I put that in quotes because not everyone has one, but everyone's is different. And so I've learned to respect the way other people do it because some authors don't read the whole book. If they, if they've read other books of yours or they know you in person and they trust your message, they're, they feel perfectly comfortable putting their name on it and endorsing you as an author. And I, I think that's totally fine. And I appreciate that. That's just not the way I do it. And I like to read a whole book, but that's my way. And so I wish I had known to respect the way other people do it because I've had endorsers who don't read the book and I know they didn't read the book, not very many, but I have had people. And at first I was like, oh, they, I don't think they read the whole book. But now I'm like, what a great thing that they trusted me enough right. to put their name on my book and believed in my message because they knew enough, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I think I've also learned to respect my way and then it's okay to have a different way. And so that's something that 
Um, I think we all, as we move forward, especially if writing is our career, we get to decide what we're comfortable with and what we're not, but we also have to respect what other people are comfortable with and then just move forward that way and, and be thankful. But um, I do have strong opinions, though, about my own endorsement policies um, because I – here's a tip. When you're going to ask for endorsements and you let's say you send an email to someone, never title your email subject small favor. <laughs> Okay. It's not a small favor. <laughs> Title it biggest favor in the universe and I will love you forever. There's your subject line. Um, because even if even if some people, let's just say some authors think that is a small favor. Some authors might not think it's a big deal. But you need to think it's a big deal as the writer, right. as the one asking. Acknowledge that, acknowledge that you're making a big ask and be a person who like gets that Mm -hmm. and always assume that everyone else is busier than you are Mm -hmm. don't assume that by putting in the first line i know you're really busy because that's like not a great way to hook them (laughs) right um because we're all busy but like but just assume in your the way that you craft the email even like keep it short have lots of white space use several different like have two lines and then have a return you know like (laughs) hit return or enter or whatever make a space (laughs) it's really hard to read an email that's like 85 lines but there's no spaces and they're asking you to do something and they called it a small favor and they tell you what the whole book's about and here's the first chapter and it's like oh make this easy for me to say yes Mm -hmm. so there's some there's a few tips well it's a little snippet of what you're going to get when you read their work if they're not really familiar and so that's right you really want to show yourself well in that little email right but endorsements are hard. I wish I would have known that it was normal to feel like wonky and weird when you're asking for endorsements. I think I was thinking like, I must not be a pro because this is hard. Mm. It's hard and uncomfortable to ask people. People call it like, oh, I'm I'm asking you to sell to promote me. And I hate that. But really, you're just finding like minded writers who can serve as an arrow to your work and you're joining them You're you're because you already believe in their work and you're hoping that they believe in your work. And so you're all pointing like an arrow to this message that you all respect. And so you can kind of take yourself out of it a little bit. It helps me. Yeah, it doesn't, I like that. It doesn't change the wonkiness because yeah. it still feels personal. But you're like, not promoting Ooh. yourself. No, right, right. It's, and it's a message. Then you yes. believe that they believe in the same message. And you're so. linking arms. Yeah. yeah, you're inviting people into something. Um, and it can be seen as an invitation, but it, you can take yourself out of it instead of making it like, if they say no, then I'm rejected. No, it's just... It's not about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to take it from a totally different perspective, mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't there like, okay, ready? A return on investment for your endorsement. The fact that your name is going to show up on the cover or on the inside or on the back of somebody else's book that's in your genre. Have you seen a return on that of, oh, I endorsed this book and because somebody liked that book, they started reading me where they wouldn't have read me before, but they discovered me through an endorsement or no? Can you tell Mar- uh, Brian thinks like I a marketer? I love that. I love <laughs> the way Brian thinks. I love thinks. that question. Well, because I would say go yeah. endorse everyone. Yeah. And get your name on every <laughs> sure. single person's I think that's book a, as possible. One of the most difficult ways to get people to read yeah. your books. Right. <laughs> Have to read a whole well, book. Yeah. I, I think some do that though, because you, sometimes you oh, see I know a few people everywhere. that a lot of yeah, the same yeah. names. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's hard to measure because how do I know? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know what the return unless they said, "Hey, I discovered you because you recommended." Unless you start hearing that a lot. But I've also heard that backfire. I've heard some readers say, so-and-so endorses every single book. Mm-hmm. Like it almost right, becomes right. meaningless because it's yeah. always there. Yeah. They like mm-hmm. everything, so therefore they like nothing. But, it, but I see that. Like if you see someone's name everywhere, you think. Right. Because here's the thing. I have bought books before 
based solely on endorsements. Mm -hmm. If I've never heard of the book or the author, but I see someone I know and trust on the back of that book or who endorsed it, I'm like, oh, oh, well, so-and-so endorsed this. It must be good. Yeah. This so, happened to me yesterday. I was, we, were, we were at Target yesterday, and there was a, and there was a book from somebody that, that we all know, and it was endorsed by somebody that I didn't know. And I was like, oh, who is that? And so I went on Amazon, and I looked up that person's book, and I was like, I didn't buy it. The endorser. The endorser's huh. book. So this hmm. actually happened to me yesterday. Hmm. I was like, I don't know who that person is. Who is that person? So I think it actually, I didn't buy the book, hmm. but, but I do think that happens. Like, think about it. You're positioning your name in a place where people are literally looking at a book to potentially sell your book to them. That's a good, like, placement-wise. Like, that's, like, how else could you get that kind of placement? Like, Man, I want to endorse something. Right? <laughs> so that's another way to look at it. I, I understand, like, you want to read the whole book, and that's fine. I know when, when my traditionally published book came out, they said, hey, go get endorsements. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I just took the most famous people in my field at that time was educational technology. So I just Googled a bunch of people and who are the keynote speakers at certain conferences. I sent them an email and I said, hey, I have this book coming out. Here's the link to the PDF. Um, here's three sample endorsements that you could use and just let me know which one you want to do. You gave them words. <laughs> yeah, and most okay. of them wrote me back in like the it easy first day. So clearly they hadn't read the book and said, yeah, I'll say this, like social media is an important thing for us to know. <laughs> like, you know, great. You made me sound just, so smart. You slip in a little, and Brian Dixon is yeah. the best person in the world. <laughs> just sign your name to it, it's okay. <laughs> because I think at the end of the day, it, for them it was about just getting their name out. So that's yeah. that's what I saw, but I think it really depends. And I love that you have a standard that you're holding yourself to, mm -hmm. um, that your readers trust, and that's really important. Yeah, Brian just doesn't do it the same way. Yeah, it's just it's different, which I, I totally love it. Yeah. respect. That's brilliant. It never in a thousand Seriously. years would even occur to me to no. think about it that way. But that is uh, because you're looking. Oh, here's someone else that might believe the same message. If I like to read on that subject, right? And mm -hmm. that message, here's someone else that I might be missing who could bless me or help me. Yeah, so in another way, I know there's a lot of people listening that aren't where we're talking about right now. Like the idea of getting endorsements for their published book is like years away. So, so something really practical that they can think about is be a testimonial. So be a testimonial for an online course that you take. Be a testimonial for a book that you read. Like read the book, do the stuff that the person says, even if it's an inspirational book. Like here's how it affected me. Thank you so much. This book was great because there might be a second edition of the book coming out. There might be a, you know, um, a conference on the book or something like that. And it's a way for you to position yourself, not just as a fan, but as a practitioner, as somebody for later that, on, for later for on, later on. And I specifically know of people who have um, put into like, think give about an, it. Give as, an example. OK, so my friend Mike Kim is a he writes copy so copywriter for sales pages and so uh there's a guy named ray edwards who has a copywriting course and so mike took the course and wrote a big testimonial about how great the course was well guess what the second the next time the course came out whose testimonial was showing up on the front page mm. of that of the That's sales good. page mike now who has become friends with ray mike now oh, who has wow. become mentored by ray oh. mike now who has become a client of ray Mike. Now who's become the president? <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, I know but yeah. but in the same way, I think even in the in, in the inspirational space, for you to be like think about it. We all want to celebrate our readers, don't totally. we? We want to celebrate as hope writers, we want to celebrate our hope writer members. We want to celebrate them when they get their first book deal, we want to celebrate. And we want to say and now if they write and say 
Hope Writers has changed my life. I'm so thankful for this community. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to feature that testimonial, right? Right, right. And so I think for those that don't have a book contract right now, for those that are like, I'm not even at that point, like practice. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. Practice becoming a testimonial for other people. Not not to be self-serving, although it does serve, it does help you, but also to help other people. Because authors, no matter what level of an author you are, you still need people to endorse your book. You always do. It's, it's a generous way to look at mm. the not just being a per- I mean being an author and being a writer but being a person. Yes. I like it. So instead of writing your book, go write, you know, mm-hmm. go write 10 testimonials. Like mm-hmm. make that your project. Right. And, and see, send them out. And I love how you said I'm pointing this out. You did say you did the program, you yep. read the book, you, That's right. it's an honest testimonial. So if a hope writer gives a, a testimonial, they've experienced hope writers and it's made a difference. And so that's why for me, in turn making applying that to a book, like for me, I've experienced the book and I can speak with with some like oomph behind it because I know, or, or I've experienced the author, like I know the author's message. And so it means something, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that comes out in, in an endorsement or a testimonial. I love it. Yeah, it does mean something. And here's an example. A brief, real testimonial from Amber. And then right after that, Brian's going to share a simple strategy for getting a book deal. Hi, my name's Amber Solace, and I'm a hope writer. You can find me at ambersolace.com. When I first signed up for Hope Writers and began reading and watching, I felt just that. I felt hope. (laughs) I felt like this writing dream and endeavor that sometimes felt so overwhelming and so impossible suddenly became much more possible with the tools that I was given. I felt like I had found my people. <laughs> Felt like I didn't just get a community, but I'm I have access to so much information and resources and the tools that I need to take the next step with my writing. So if you're considering signing up for Hope Writers, you won't regret it. It's worth every penny. See? Sincere, authentic, voluntary. That really means something to us. We're going to remember, Amber. And you can do the same thing as a way to enter the world where you want to be an influence. And more on that Hope Writer membership site thing in just a couple minutes, which you're going to want to hear because if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, you can get access to lots more of the same thing. Oh, and by the way, this episode is part one of what I wish I knew before I wrote my first book. Part two is in the next episode. More on that in just a couple minutes. Okay, Brian? Okay, so this is actually a strategy to get a book deal because I know that's a question a lot of people have. Join book launch teams. So join a couple book launch teams. You get the book early and you get it for free, right? Read the book, provide a great testimonial and be the... Um, be the best book launch team member you can possibly be, right? Annie's book just came out the other day. So mm-hmm. I know that there are people that are on her book launch team. Some of them delivered. Some of them did the tweets and did the Facebook posts and wrote the endorsement. And some people just read the book and said, oh, thanks, you know? Yeah. Be the person that that delivers, you know? Be the person that really takes it seriously. And don't you think that when that person has a book proposal in six months from now, huh. that Annie would take time to read it? Or Annie at Down- least, he's thinking of Annie Downs now, mm-hmm. right? Or, mm-hmm. or, or at least give give that person a little bit of time because she remembers how how much that person you know kind of paid it forward before there was something to ask. And so I'm not saying like manipulate all these relationships. What I am saying is like be known as the even if you're starting s- small and you're and you're starting small is reading somebody else's book. But do it in such a great way that you're, 
You know what I mean? Like you're, uh, it's not performing, but it's like you're de- deciding to be a professional even while you're still uh, 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 practicing. That is awesome. I love that. That is actually something I wish I would have known before mm-hmm. I wrote my first book. I wish I would have been treating my writing like a job mm-hmm. before I had a book contract because it was the learning curve was steep and hard because I was sort of seeing like, this is just a side thing I'm doing and I don't think I... I treated it with the respect it deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was I just, I hadn't owned it yet. I hadn't, I didn't have the vocabulary or the language or the experience to know that even if you're not getting paid for something, you can still treat it like a job as to the extent that your life and season of life and family allows you to do that. But um, that's a great example of a way to do that before you're quote unquote, a professional writer. You know, you can, yes. you can treat it like something you respect and that, that something is meaningful before someone else gives you permission to do that. Because you don't need someone else's permission to do that. So the, the big question was, you know, what do we wish we knew before mm-hmm. we wrote our first book, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so what I wish that I knew was that there are these rules, you know? So so we've been talking about the rules of book endorsements and how this is like a whole thing. Like there's certain like social protocols to how you do book endorsements in the same way, how you approach an editor, how you, you know, put your chapters together. Like all of that has rules. And so what I would recommend for those that are just starting out is like learn the rules. Like there you you have to learn the rules. You have to figure out like how is the game played? It's like a culture. It is you a culture. You want to learn the culture. You don't want to show up to a dinner party, you know, wearing something inappropriate for that dinner party. Like you want to understand, you know, the culture that you're It's as much entering. a part of the writing as the writing part is if you want people to actually read what you wrote. Yeah, even more so. Right, you you have to sort of like fit in, and it and it and it takes time to kind of figure that out. But here's the cool thing: we have the internet. You know, like we can learn from everybody else how they sort of like navigate that world. You know, so as an example, like when you're going to a writer conference, there's a way to approach it as somebody who's very serious about their career. Okay, tell us. Yeah, let's let's say you're trying to make a connection with somebody at a writer conference. Like it's it's a it's a an editor or an author that you like to make a connection with. Like there's a big difference between, you know, you showing up early, introducing yourself professionally, like having a coherent conversation with that person, you know, like asking them maybe a specific question, having recently read their book. Like there's a way to approach that that um, sets you apart from all the other people out there and making an impression. And so down the road, they'll remember, oh yeah. And then when that person gives you advice, because they normally do, like take that advice and put it into practice. And that really makes an impression. At least for me, when I'm talking to somebody and they, we were having a conversation before we recorded about somebody who was like, hey, help me improve my blog. Well, if you gave them tips on improving their blog and then they took it, right? like you would respond to the next email because you're like, <laughs> oh, way to go. Like you did it. Right. And now the next step is this, you know? So I, I think that in, in everything that we do, if we're, you know, bringing our best and and um, taking people's advice and showing them, hey, what your time is so valuable and I appreciate what you've done. You know, so you met them at a conference, you took their advice, and then the next time, next year at the conference, you said, you know, what you shared with me was life-changing and I really appreciate it and here's what I've done as a result. Oh, like, yeah, that's big. It's, yeah. it's, it's everything. It's right? so, it makes you respect the person. That, recently, American Idol had the finale. Right, uh-huh. and the winner. Um, American, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> the 
there's a singing show on television, <laughs> Brian. Um, here's here's what I'm going to say. So one of the contestants had this journal, and oh. Ryan Seacrest said, um, hey, Trent, will you, will you share? You showed me this journal backstage. Will you share with the audience, the viewing audience, what's in that journal? And he looked at Keith Urban um, and... Jennifer Lopez and Harry Connick Jr. And he said, everything that y'all have told me this whole season, every time you've judged me, I've written every word down in this journal. Mm. And he's taken it and applied it. And it made me love him (laughs) because you see someone who's teachable. I mean, he's super talented. It makes you want to help someone like that because you know it's not going to be wasted. Absolutely. Yeah. The worst thing is when you're trying to help someone and they have all the reasons why they're the exception to the rule. Mm. And you you try to say, well, this, you know, you could try this and like, oh, but I I have a baby, so I can't, I can't do that. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, okay, well, what about, you know, if you do this? Well, I, you know, I, I have blonde hair, so that's not going to work out. Or my <laughs> eyes are blue. Or, or right. I just I don't have it as easy as you. I don't have enough time. It's like we all have, and I I totally get that there are seasons, and we've all been through them. And sometimes it's time for something, and sometimes it's not. And I think they can always be great reasons. But if you're if you're at a point where you're asking someone who's a little bit ahead of you on the path for advice or for input, then we assume that that means you're ready to receive it. And so I think, and that's sort of goes to me too, I think of myself, like when I'm asking for something, I have a running list of all the reasons why that's not gonna apply to me or it's not gonna work for me. But the times when I've grown the most in my own work is when I have when I have taken that advice and pushed through all the resistance and all the obstacles. It's, it's such a learning, it's, it's such a great way to learn is to try it anyway and then you realize, oh, that wasn't it. Sometimes it's not even as hard as I thought it would be. It's just the idea of it was harder. Mm-hmm. You rooted for was it with Trent was the winner was that right Trent. was that his name Trent I didn't follow that part I just saw the end but yeah. also when he won who was the, who was the lady that was second La Portia okay so when when he wins the moment he wins right yeah he says uh, I've worked so hard I've worked so hard I've worked so hard right and then he says to her you pushed me yes. he gave he was trying to give her credit mm-hmm. saying that he might not have accomplished what he had been to the place where he was at with his uh, talent if the one he defeated hadn't pushed him so hard. And she did, because she is so good. She's so good, so and he everyone was, he, knew it. He was the kind of person that would give credit to somebody else, and that makes that makes people love you. That makes people care and want to help you even more. Brian, that's what you were talking about a while ago, really, was about generosity and the power of generosity. It works in the end because it's contagious, and so people want to give back. Yep. But you're not just doing it as a strategy to do that. Right. You're doing it because it creates a certain environment that's healthy for everybody, including you and including your career. Yeah. When you when you are very generous with people and they feel the generosity and they want to give back, everybody wins. But it starts with that thing that there's no guarantee your generosity will accomplish some, a certain thing right. or that it will be reciprocated. But, what, but yeah. you do it anyway do it and anyway. you trust and people feel that when you do that. Yes. You know, I got into like a uh, like an email, not an argument, but like an email debate with somebody this morning um, because he was saying, is everything all about marketing strategy? You know, and I said, well, we need to use marketing strategy. He said, well, can't just people just like, you tell them about it once and then they, they buy it or they don't. And unfortunately it doesn't work that way. Like people need encouragement, they need reminders, they need a deadline, all these kind of things. And so I quoted, you know, Christ. And I said, you know, <laughs> Boom, drop the mic. (laughs) Like wise wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And I think we've always looked at that and we said, well, the wise as serpents is the bad and the gentle as doves is the good. 
And mm-hmm. guess what? No, we're, be, we're called to be wise and gentle. And I think what happens is when we start talking about how to be wise, we start talking about what are the strategies that work? What's the plan? What's the long-term vision? When we start talking like that, we go, no, 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 be gentle. So Don't good. be wise, yeah. be That's gentle. Really but guess what? We're, we're called to be both. And so does wise work? Yes, when it's gentle. Does gentle work? Yes, when it's wise. And we need to be both of those things. And so being strategic is not bad, but be strategic in a way that serves people. That'll preach. Man. So So Dad, what do you wish that you had known before all the things you know now? (laughs) Uh, That if you wanna write something that you want other people to read, you don't just get to, well you do, you can just write something you want uh, that you're interested in and Possibly people would be interested in that, in which case if they are, awesome. If they're not, then what are you going to do? And normally uh, people are going to read you for a reason because they're going to get something out of you. And unless you're a celebrity and they're reading you because they just are interested in your own private life, unless you're a celebrity, then you're going to be, then they're going to need to get something from what you've written, which means you need to write something, which I didn't realize, that addresses a desire or need or want that someone knows they have. (laughs) And often what we'll do, easy to do, is to say, this can really help people, but I'm helping them with something, a problem that they don't really realize they have. Which means I've got to convince them that they've got a problem, then I've got to convince them that I'm the guy to help them. (laughs) So it's much easier if you can, if you latch onto something that addresses a problem that the reader already knows they have. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a marketing thing is like yeah. sell them what they want and give them what they need. And I think yeah. we, we always write to the need. We're like, well, what they really need yeah. is they need this, but what they really want. Yeah. And that's why, you know, books about skinny abs or whatever. Yeah. Or there's such thing as skinny abs. Skinny abs. <laughs> Just cover it all. No. Yes. I'm going to write a book about skinny abs. Skinny and then, abs. but I'm that's really going to write about yeah. something else. But like, it, it's not about the skinny abs. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's about. We're laughing. Like we did it. Words. I'm trying to think of that. What that is? Yes. I'm skinny abs yesterday. My, I'm picturing it. Skinny abs yesterday. Yesterday. But but really, what does skinny abs look even, like? Even if that book was effective, like it would talk about. They're not abs if they're skinny. Skinny abs. Someone is going to make a million off of skinny we abs yesterday. Skinny abs. <laughs> But the book won't actually yeah. be about skinny abs. Yes. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be about like the diet and the yes. workout right. and the routine. Right. But nobody would buy a book called like Diet Workout Routine. Yeah, <laughs> Diet Workout Routine. <laughs> yes. Unless it had skinny abs in the sub. Yeah. Right. But if you approached it from a different angle, right? Focus yeah. on the promise yeah. that alleviates the pain. Okay. Yes. It's always good. <laughs> oh, so great. Okay. <laughs> We're going to shut up. Um, I hope you really do feel way ahead of where you were uh, before you started listening. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Hope Writers Podcast, I suggest you check out some of the articles and helps on the Hope Writer membership site that talk about the same thing, such as how to write a book proposal. What do you do when you don't have time to write? 10 tips before you ask for endorsements. The Book Path series, where you learn from a newbie's publishing journey as it happens. Well, I'm the newbie, and I'm writing a book, and you can walk with me on the inside as it happens. That's on the inside of Hope Writers, too. And not just help and encouragement for book writing, 
Emily has a whole behind-the-scenes look at how she writes a blog post, everything she's thinking as she does it. You can also learn how to market on zero budget. What's an email list? Why do you need it? How do you get it? Inspiration for when you only have a few readers. Why your blog deserves two purposes now. How does that all sound? Well, there's all that and lots more waiting for you right now where you can go inside the Hope Writers membership site for a week for just a buck. A dollar for full access to Hope Writers for a week. You can read and watch everything. Take notes. Download as much as you can. Everything is there for a whole week. You can learn everything you want. And then at the end of your week, we hope you stick around and become part of this encouraging community of writers like you. After that first week, you'll be charged $15 per month and you'll have the support you've been looking for. No more feeling alone. We all know we do our best work when we have good support, right? And we know what it's like to feel stuck and aimless and uninspired in our writing. And we want to help you skip the learning curve we've had to struggle through. The Hope Writers Library of articles and videos and how-to guides is always growing. And the private Facebook page will connect you with us and with many more writers who are right where you are. You can make writer friends, ask for help and advice, get feedback on the private Hope Writers Facebook page. It starts now for you. Just visit hopewriters.com slash trial to join Hope Writers for one week for a buck. Hopewriters.com slash trial. We'd love to connect with you soon inside Hope Writers. One dollar for one week. That's hopewriters.com slash trial. The next episode of the Hope Writers podcast, part two of What We Wish We Knew. And you'll hear what three wonderful first-time authors wish they knew before they wrote their first book. You'll hear about learning to work with your publisher. How do you know if you're ready to write that certain book that's in your heart? And a newbie's biggest surprise about book writing. Hope you'll join us. And if you haven't already, maybe subscribe now to the Hope Writer Podcast so you don't miss it. And please leave a rating and honest review so others know if this is for them. And if you have a friend, think they'd enjoy the podcast, let them know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.